Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, and the gang is all here. We have Thomas Patrick Dorian. Present. St. Patrick. Hi. With the, you know. Hi, lady. But there's a different St. Patrick. Instead of St. <laughs> Patrick of Ireland, it's St. Patrick of the Hair. <laughs> so we're so happy to have him. You know, uh, the other night, oh, and, and Ziggy. Hi, Ziggy. Hey! <laughs> the other night, I was with Tom. We were at a trivia night together. And, and his hair came up. We talked about his hair. And Caroline, like, and I was saying, like, we don't make fun of Tom. And Caroline had this look like she was she was so proud of her daddy. She had this look like, yeah, you do. You make fun of you make fun of my dad's hair. She had that look. But she didn't say anything because she's cool. nice. How do you make Very fun cool. of something that yeah. you're honoring with great reverence? I mean, how's that making fun to? She didn't understand. Yeah. It's okay. It's all right. And, yes, Tom, we were talking about something I I guessed he did a good job. I guessed correctly that in Scotland there's something called a hairy coo, and it's like, what is that? A hairy coo, and it's like, right before we turned in our little sheet, it's like it's a hairy cow. A Highland cattle in Scotland are called hairy coo. Right. Great. That's a little trivia that that's just gonna bless your day now. <laughs> I'm sure. Let's get past that How and let's, get on that road. I don't know. Wow. Uh, so I I want to uh, I want to uh, spend a little time you know in the 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 first reading sometimes the Old Testament readings at our Sunday masses you know we don't often pay strict attention to it yeah uh, and sometimes it just kind of inside in one ear and out the other and we're not really and we like the gospel and usually the preaching is really focused on the gospel but sometimes there's some beautiful connections that we made and sometimes. You know, there really can be preaching that happens on the Old Testament and just what's going on there. And uh, and we're going to talk about something today that comes to us. Uh, like, what is that book? It's uh, it's Genesis, I think is what it is. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. Genesis. <laughs> now, so uh, it, it, you know, the reading is from the fifteenth chapter of um, of Genesis, and and it's it's like it strikes you as something very. I mean, it, it, it ties to the fact that it's the week. Uh, weekend or the Sunday of the Transfiguration, right? Mm-hmm. Talking about the Transfiguration, and that's that's the gospel reading, and most people will talk about that. But there is actually a connection. We'll talk about it later uh, in in uh, in the show. But there is something beautiful about when you read that uh, that that first reading from uh, Genesis, and it starts in chapter fifteen at verse five. Um, but we're going to go back to verse one in chapter fifteen because it's kind of pertinent to what we're talking about. So we're going to start there and just kind of read through um, this uh, lovely little uh, adventure here with Abram. So the covenant with Abram. Sometime afterward, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not fear, Abram. I am your shield. I will make your reward very great. But Abram said, Lord God, what can you give me if I die childless and have only a servant of my household, Eleazar of Damascus? Abram continued, Look, you have given me no offspring, so a servant of my household will be my heir. This is, uh, then the word of the Lord came to him, no, that one will not be your heir. Your own offspring will be your heir. Wow, so we get a little promise, Mm -hmm. uh, right, uh, from God. And so this is where the reading will start when you're listening in Sunday. He took him aside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars, if you can. Just so, he added, will your descendants be. 
Abram put his faith in the Lord, who attributed it to him as an act of righteousness. He then said to him, I am the Lord who brought you from Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land as a possession. Lord God, he asked, how will I know that I possess it? He answered him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Sounds like MacGyver, like he's getting ready to put together <laughs> something pretty incredible, right? He brought him it's all these. Neck of a turducken. That's exactly right. <laughs> he brought him all these. We Y'all mean no right, disrespect Y'all for the holy right. word of God. Okay, sorry, sorry. Y'all God is right. very specific when he asks he for things. He is very specific. So we should be you specific. Know our audience too, right? is going to be at mass that day, and they're going to hear it, and they're, they're going to hear the, the gospel proclaimed, the reading. They might chuckle at that go, point. Yeah, exactly. I hope they don't chuckle. Yeah. Anyway, he brought I'm him sorry, all these. Guys. <laughs> he brought him all these, split them in two, and placed each half opposite the other. But the birds he uh, he did not cut up. Birds of spray, birds of prey swooped down on the carcasses, but Abraham scared them away. As the sun was about to set, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and a great dark dread descended upon him. Then the Lord said to Abram, Abram, know for certain that your descendants will reside uh, as aliens in a land not their own, where they shall be enslaved and oppressed for four hundred years. But I will bring judgment on the nation they must serve, and after this they will go out with great wealth. You, however, however, will go to your ancestors in peace. You'll be buried at a ripe old age. In the fourth generation, your descendants will return here, for the wickedness of the Amorites is not yet complete. When the sun had set and it was dark, there appeared a smoking firepot and a flaming torch which passed between those pieces. On that day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants I give this land. From the Wadi of Egypt to the great river, the Euphrates, the land of the Canaanites, of Kenites, the Kenzites, the Kadamites, Kadmonites, I can't pronounce all these, the Hittites and the Perizzites, the, Raph, the Raphaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. These are all famous rock bands that were of the day, apparently. <laughs> these, all, these, all these different tribes and lands, it's hard to pronounce them, but uh, it, it's just saying that you're going to own all this. Right. Right. That's, this is going to be your inheritance. And then uh, chapter 16. Now, so we're, we're done with chapter 15, right, from the reading. But it's important for us to go on just a little bit. Chapter 16 starts, Abram's wife, Sarai, had borne him no children. Now she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. Sarai said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from bearing children. Have intercourse with my maid. Perhaps I will have sons through her. Abram obeyed Sarai. Thus, after Abram had lived ten years in the land of Canaan, his wife Sarai took her maid, Hagar the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband Abram to be his wife. He had intercourse with her, and she became pregnant. As soon as Hagar knew she was pregnant, her mistress lost stature in her eyes. So Sarai said to Abram, This this outrage against me is your fault. I myself gave my maid to your embrace, but ever since she knew she was pregnant, I have lost stature in her eyes. May the Lord decide between you and me. Abram told Sarai, Your maid is in your power. Do to her what you regard as right. Sarai then mistreated her so much that Hagar ran away from her. The Lord's angel found her by a spring in the wilderness, the spring on the road to Shur. And he asked, Hagar, maid of Sarai, where have you come from and where did you, where are you going? She answered, I'm running away from my mistress Sarai. But the Lord's angel told her, told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her authority. I will make your descendants so numerous, added the Lord's angel, and they will be too many to count. 
Then the Lord's angel said to her, You are now pregnant and shall bear a son. You shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heeded your affliction. He shall be a wild ass of a man. I'll just say a wild donkey of a man for those who are offended. Um, he is hand against everyone, and everyone's hand against him. Alongside all his kindred shall he encamp. To the Lord who spoke to her, she gave a name, saying, You are God who sees me. She, she, uh, she meant. That's right. Um, have I really seen God and remained alive after he saw me? That is why the well is called Bir Lahai Roy. It is between Kadesh and Barad. Now, Bir Lahai Roy, as I read, it just means, you know, the one who sees me lives. There's several translations, but essentially it's named after her expression, you truly see me. And so it goes on. That's uh, pretty much the end. Uh, it does say, hey, uh, Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram named the son whom Hagar bore him Ishmael. Abraham, Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. And there's more to that story. But eventually, like four chapters later in, in 21, right, of, of Genesis, Isaac is born. Yeah. Right? But lots happens. There's lots to unpack there. Well, and, you know, the angel asked that question, where would you come from, where do you go? That angel also, I believe, posed that same if question to Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> That's awful. Where uh, are you coming from? Where are you going? Where are you going? Now you've ruined the whole show. I know. I'm sorry. Everyone is now seeing. Now the, the, it's like now you have it. Okay. Everyone, three million people, you have that song. I have something serious to say, though, about yes, the scripture. Okay. I promise. Right. I'm going to recover now. I'm not going to just make jokes. Here's something cool and serious. From the previous chapter, and this doesn't get included in the... Uh, uh, reading because this is the very top part of the very top verses, right? When we have Abram talking to uh, God, actually, no, it is it does get included in the first reading where where God says, "Go out and count the stars if you can." Yeah, if you can. Yeah. Well, if you notice later in that same story, it then later says that sunset happens after that, which means that when God directed him to look at the sky, it was during the day. Oh, I didn't I didn't pick up on that. You're right. So it's funny, you know, he he knows because he's seen this night sky before. He knows that the stars are there, you just can't see them during the day, right? And so it's an interesting sort of commentary right there on faith because God is asking him during the day, count the stars if you can, knowing he can't see the stars with his physical eyes, mm -hmm. but that he knows as truth that the stars are truly there. Mm -hmm. So it's an interesting way to kind of open this 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 dance between God and Abram in this exploration of faith. Amen. And so and and as, as we're talking Talking about faith, I think one of the biggest points that we can make here uh, is the obvious, uh, the promise of God, right? You will bear children. You'll have many descendants. If you can count those stars, that's how many descendants you're going to have. And so immediately you'd think that Abram, right, the father right. of all of nations, right, who, who he'll be renamed Abraham, Right, the Spoiler father of many alert. nations. Yes, you totally spoiled this. <laughs> right, that's right. And, and, I'm, and if you hang on to the end of the show, I'm going to tell you what happens at the end of Gone with the Wind. So that's another spoiler alert that's coming. But also, um, Sarai will be known as Sarah. Right, so God changes names like when great things happen in people's lives. Right, and so He makes this promise that they will have a child. But what do human beings do when, when like, what is our faith? 
to us? And how, how serious are we about our faith? In other words, how much do we as human beings tr- actually trust God? If God says, I'm going to give you descendants, right? So, because immediately, Sarai, and I'm not blaming either Abram or Sarai here. Yeah. But, but between the two of them, there, there is righteousness, and, and faith was a little problem because they, they believe God. They converse with God. They talk to the angel of the Lord, or the angel of the Lord comes in Abram's dream. And, 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 but, but at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, but does God know how old I am? Yeah, right. <laughs> Does God realize that I'm, you know, it doesn't tell us her age. I'm sure someone else knows out there, but but you know, Abram's 85 when this conversation happens, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Cuz right. So so that's that's kind of that's kind of older uh, <laughs> on the tail end of childbearing, and it's obvious that that there's going to be some kind of miracle required, but right. they don't have faith that that miracle is going to take place. Now later, sure. Right, later um there's all kinds of accolades. Well, thank you, God. Yes. It's so beautiful and wonderful. You know, in chapter 21, when Isaac's born, right? And 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 yes, there's some there's some unhappiness that takes place between Hagar and Sarai, right? Yes. Where all of a sudden, happiness. well, Hagar gets <laughs> pregnant. It's like, and she's all about town now. She's like, hey, I'm the I'm I'm the bearer of the heir, you know, right. and that's me. Right. I want the crown. Let me have the the crown, and it's going to be my kid. And I'm doing I'm fulfilling God's promise, etc. When actually that wasn't what God's promise was, and yet even in that sort of I'll call it unfaithfulness, they did they didn't fully trust God. God still rewards. Right, and because and, he says, I mean, this is what it's when the angel, the Lord's angel, found Hagar who was wandering at that point. Yeah, right, pregnant and wandering, and says, you know what, you need to go back, and you need to submit to Sarai. Yeah, because this is all part of God's plan, and 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 says, you are now pregnant and shall bear a son. You shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heeded your affliction. Ishmael in uh, just essentially means God has heard. That's the literal translation of, of Ishmael, that, of that word. In fact, Ishmael is used again in the next sentence where it says, for the Lord has heeded your affliction. It's the same verb. Heeded is, is Ishmael. It's like, um, you'll name him Ishmael, for the Lord has Ishmaeled, you know, your, right. your affliction. Call God has Ishmael. <laughs> but, essentially, but, but essentially, that, that is a, a promise fulfilled, right? Yeah. And if she had faith and had not wandered off, if she'd have stayed and been part of that and realized God's got some plan in all this, and and then and God does follow through and right, Ishmael becomes the leader of the Ishmaelites, which is just big, huge nation, right? Right, and uh, it's not the same as as what Isaac ends up doing, uh, because Isaac basically gets the inheritance of the anointed one of God of Abraham, but at the same time, Ish- Ishmael is not like some second class citizen. Well, the Arab population, I believe, or, or the points to Ishmael as being yes. their their uh, their ancestor. Right, exactly right. And so the the thing is it, it should call us as you as you listen to this while you're sitting there on Sunday. I, I hope that you stop and think like, well, how, what is my faith life like? Do I actually believe the promises that God says that will my descendants and even if it's I'm not talking about actual progeny like like kids, uh, children, you know, uh, that that is Will I be fruitful in life? Mm-hmm. Right? Will I be blessed with multitudes because I've, I'm I'm following the way? I'm following uh, the the church. I'm following Jesus. Will I be blessed because God has promised that I'll be blessed? 
right? And in whatever form that takes, do I have true and total faith that that's going to happen? Because honestly, in all you know, and we have some some big shoes to fill in in Abraham and Sarah, mm-hmm. yeah. But even they struggled to a uh, to a degree in this way and totally being faithful because they thought like we're going to have to do something because we can't do this on our own because I'm too old. So here I have an idea. You take my maidservant. She's right. childbearing age. And so, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, he, he does. Abram does. Right. And it's very clear about what happens. You know, uh, there's and, a stork that swoops down. Yeah, exactly. The holy stork. <laughs> holy. Uh, the holy stork is named intercourse, apparently. <laughs> and so that holy stork comes down. And, and next thing we know, we've got a we've got a child, a, a, and, you know, and a blessing from God. Yeah. Even if. That child is born in an irregular situation. Yeah, and and so again, looking at our own faith life, I, many of us are um, are products of or part of irregular marital situations, broken yeah. families, difficulties, and and things that we we wanted to go right but they haven't gone right. But does that mean we cast it all away, or do we have faith in God that He can heal all wounds, that He can lift us up, and He can carry us through? And and that's a challenge. Well, or or we could have listeners who have kids or grandkids where they did they worked really hard as parents or grandparents to raise their children and grandchildren in such a way to respect the institution of marriage and to respect church teachings, and the kids aren't doing that, right? And I mean, the three of us here, we have a friend who, um, you know, has a a, a daughter who has you know had. Uh, a child out of wedlock, for example, right. and that was very hard for the parents at first, you know, to process that within the context of their faith. But that child is a beloved child mm-hmm. because ultimately, if you're going to process something like that within the context of your faith, it's to love the the, the child with, that God has blessed you with and to receive right. each life as a miracle, right? right? But a lot of times we can be set in our ways and our own way of thinking, and there are other people out there in the world who haven't been ready to sort of welcome that God can work in ways that we don't expect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, frankly, we have to be very careful about stuff like that because if, if we're if we're to take that rigid approach, I mean, what do we potentially those little those young women might go on and have an abortion, you know, want to hide that, you know, and, and and at the end of the day, welcoming that woman and welcoming that child into our hearts and into our lives and not measuring them in tor- in terms of what we think uh, is the right way to bring a child in the world. Obviously, God has laws, and and we know that God, for our own good, wants us to obey those laws. But the fact of the matter is, babies are born <laughs> in a variety of ways, yeah. right? <laughs> and God makes um, beautiful everything that we try to mess up. So yeah. no matter how <laughs> messy things can get, right? It's an it's amazing. That's why every child is a gift from God, no matter the circumstance. Right? Yeah. And that's a challenge for a lot of folks, a lot of situations, and I, I get that, and I realize that we're all human, but there's just, but again, all of this story really needs us to, we need to have greater faith in God. I, this is, I love this little uh, interchange in chapter 17 between um, Abraham and, uh, who's been renamed now uh, in 17, <laughs> who Abraham and uh, and God, and it says, God further said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, do not call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her, and I will give you a son by her. Her also will I bless. She will give rise to nations, and rulers of peoples will issue from her. This is the part I really love. 
right? So you hear those wonderful, beautiful, divine and holy words coming from the mouth of God to Abraham. And then it says in verse 17, Abraham fell down, fell face down and laughed as he said to himself, can a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? Can Sarah give birth at 90? I mean, basically laughing at God. Yeah. Not, not, he's, not, he's not hating on God. Mm-mm. He's not pointing his fingers like, who are you? You have no... He's still, I know he's still respectful of God, but I think he's laughing at the situation to say, there's no way. I think at one point, actually, there's an exchange around there where God says, you laughed when I said, and he said, no, I didn't. And God says, yes, you did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, but my covenant, I will maintain with Isaac, he says later, whom Sarah shall bear to you by this time next year. Right, so God then makes it clear to Isaac that that's going to happen, and then we we fast forward to uh, chapter twenty-one. We have all kinds of interesting things happening in between. But in chapter twenty-one, the Lord took note of Sarah as He had said He would. The Lord did for her as He had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time that God had stated. So Isaac comes along just as God had promised. So if they just had faith. Right, the whole Ishmael thing probably wouldn't have happened in that way, mm-hmm. right? I mean, if, if they truly said, like, you know what? If and, and again, it's easy hindsight is twenty twenty. I can look back and go like, Abram, dude, when she, when Sarah came to you, you should have just said, you know, I appreciate the gesture, um, you know, of your maidservant. But honestly, let's have faith in God. Let's believe that what He said is going to happen. Yeah, right. Um, and you know, if he'd have done that, I, I think Isaac would have been born. You know, well, now again, we can't go back and and say Ishmael shouldn't have been born. Sure, no, of course, exactly. but Ishmael and Ishmael was born. So there's two points there. One is have faith in God, trust in Him. But even when you don't, when you fail, God will always bless whatever is happening in your life. Well, and the the other thing here is the difference between God's faithfulness and our faithfulness. And ultimately I think the messaging here, the covenant, the success of this covenant is ultimately falls upon God's faithfulness and not upon our, our faithfulness. We have to do our part, but even God takes the, you know, our faithfulness is only made possible by grace. It's a response to his grace. It's a response to what he is providing. So he's actually providing for us the ability to fulfill the covenant and he's fulfilling his own side of it as well. Mm-hmm. So the question just is not like it ultimately just boils down to: Are we going to do our part to rely upon God mm, rather yeah. than ourselves, and to wait on God even when it seems like uh, everything is going wrong? Even God can't fix this. You know that requires faith to wait and let god fix it yeah and i I don't i don't know um you mentioned mentioned the covenant there um and i don't know i I know that we have some biblical scholars listening because really biblical scholars like to listen to the catholic cafe i'm pretty sure but anyway right but but and i don't know exactly how many covenants god made right in scripture but i know that it's 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 a lot Right, it's a whole crop of covenants. I don't. Have to, I don't want the plural. I don't want the number. Uh, sure. Right. So there. There's a. And, and what I do know about all of those covenants that he made, throughout all of the, uh, uh, from creation really literally uh, to this very day, all of the covenants that God made, um, he's never broken one of them. Right. And yet, 
human beings, right? Man breaks covenants. That's what we do. We're we're breakers. Yes. We we unfortunately that's who we are uh, because we're fallen. And and so starting with Adam and pretty much every human being from that point forward, we we, we kind of like we fail. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why we have to understand. You mentioned God's faithfulness and our faithfulness, and we really need to recognize that God is the model of all faithfulness. You know, Deus caritas est. God is love, so He's the model of all love. Uh, God is mercy. He's the model of all mercy. He's also the model of all faithfulness, and we need to have faithfulness like Him. Well, His covenants are us proof, right? Like, yeah, at the end yeah. of the day, like He know He has a perfect plan that takes all of our mistakes into account, all of our sins into account, everything. And the other the other thing that I think is important for us to uh, just ultimately realize is that. Um, God is also going to show himself faithful in our lives in little ways. And when we have those big moments and little moments where we need to rely upon God, remember when God actually ends up showing up. And and, and remember to write down in your mind at least, if not a journal, the track record of faithfulness that God's built in our lives because that allows us to enlarge our yes to him the next time something bigger comes along that seems impossible because God can do all things. Mm And because he's God, and uh, and he's always going to be faithful, right? He's he doesn't turn his back on us, and he keeps his covenants. When he says it, he means it, and that's something that we should try and do our best to model, right? That's what we need to we need to do that. We need to because we have generations that are beyond us, right? So Ishmael and Isaac, you know, started following the footsteps certainly of of their dad, yeah, of Abraham, and we too have progeny. We have. We have fruits, and even if they're not children, our fruits are the things that are legacy, the things that we leave behind, and we need to speak of that faithfulness and teach that faithfulness because that is really essentially what the world needs most profoundly in this world. Well, actually, if you look at our, the story of our Blessed Mother's fiat, what's the message that the angel brings to our Blessed Mother that she responds to with the fiat? The angel says, with God, all things are possible. In response, she says, behold, the handmaid of the Lord may it be done to me according to thy word. So like what that tells us is that that's the pre- that's the precedent knowledge that we need to have in our own fiat and be able to really truly give ourselves into, to God is that heart knowledge that with God all things are possible. And I think that that is that that heart knowledge goes hand in hand with faith and with our yes. And the blessed mother leads us to a light a greater life of faithfulness, yeah. right? To to live that out in our lives. She had great faith and we too are called to that faith. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, pray pray for for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.